Welcome back, everyone, to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development, covering all things from the world of Xamarin, C Sharp, .NET, and Azure. I'm James Montemagno, a Principal Program Manager for Mobile Developer Tools here at Microsoft. Now, you may be wondering, what's with the new name? What's going on? What? 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 I thought I had this podcast, but now it's something new. Well, you know, for us, uh, what I've been thinking for a long time is how mobile development has expanded past the core platform of Xamarin building mobile applications and how really as a Xamarin developer myself, I'm in and outside of Visual Studio every single day learning and new features of the IDE, new features of C Sharp and .NET, and also connecting it up to a cloud backend like Azure. So when I thought about going into the end of 2018 and 2019 and sort of rebooting the podcast, which I'll talk about in a little bit more, I thought about kind of what's next uh, for mobile development and what mobile developers need to know. So instead of just, you know, covering core Xamarin work, which we'll totally do 100% here on the podcast, we'll also cover things such as what's new in Visual Studio, C Sharp, .NET, Azure, everything that mobile developers need to know. Uh, now, I'm not alone uh, I have a brand new co-host, my good, good friend, Matt Sokup, who's a cloud developer advocate here at Microsoft. I brought him on board to lead the charge and be our official host, and I'm sort of a co-host, sitting by. So Matt, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Matt Sokup, and I'm a cloud advocate here at Microsoft. And my job really is to make everybody's life happy when they're doing mobile development working on the core development with Xamarin and Azure, and working on the cloud development too. And so our new format here is we're going to talk about the latest and greatest news. We're going to talk about cloud news as well, mobile and cloud. And we're also going to go back to some original stuff too and talk about the latest package of the week. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so we'll have still a little bit of kind of what everyone is used to with the show format. You know, and while it's the you know, Microsoft mobile podcast, we're sort of thinking about, hey, what is it to be a mobile developer, right? You're more than a Xamarin developer. You're building backends. You're integrating with the cloud. You're doing DevOps. You're integrating with third-party tools. It's more than than just Xamarin at this point. It's everything that a Microsoft developer needs in the, in the landscape of mobile. And in fact, when you go into Visual Studio and you select the mobile.net workload, you get all the Xamarin bits. You get any of the other dependencies that are there. So when we rethought about, hey, you know, bringing Matt on as the co-host with me, kind of running the show, what are we going to do? Well, we're still going to have all this Xamarin goodness. That's not going to go away because that is mobile basically here at Microsoft. Yep. <laughs> but also, since you're a cloud developer advocate, that means that you focus heavily on a lot of the cool Azure things that are happening. And me, my part as a program manager on the Xamarin uh, workload is I'm integrating deeply into all of the things happening in the Xamarin ecosystem. So it works out very nice. Um, now, you mentioned a little bit about that you're a cloud developer advocate and, and what you do is help developers be successful. Can you talk about some of the things that kind of the cloud developer advocacy roles do? Just because I think some people is maybe still new to them. So you've been at Microsoft. Well, maybe talk about that, but also how you got here. Like, what is Matt's journey into being here? Because you've been in the Xamarin community for a long time. Right. I started in the Xamarin community. Well, I started Xamarin development back before it was even called Xamarin. And this is... 2008. Mm -hmm. It's a long time ago. And from there, I started my user group. I started writing blog posts. And then I met you at a Xamarin Dev Days mm. that we held in Madison, Wisconsin. And from there, you coaxed me into moving to Seattle. I'm not <laughs> sure how that happened. <laughs> took a lot of time. It took many years. <laughs> but 
But a year and a half ago, I joined Microsoft in a role that was a lot like what I was doing for fun. And this has been a great job. I've been writing blog posts and creating content. And that's really what a cloud developer advocate does. We create content to help the community out. But also when the community runs into problems and wants help, we take their input, come back to the product team, and essentially make the products better. And as you mentioned, we're not just working with Azure products. We also help out with, like Xamarin for me, but we also have .NET people. We have IoT people. We have JavaScript people. Um, even open source, Go, Linux, Docker, we're all over the place. So it's, it's the new Microsoft, and we're not just limited to the old .NET Microsoft that you might be thinking of. We're all over the place. Yeah, and that's an intriguing part about not only just how you architect mobile applications today, but how um, you built all of your you know software at, at your company. You know, you may be sure .NET up and down, but often a lot of companies are a bunch of different technologies or older technologies that are trying to modernize. So how do you get there? That's where the cloud developer advocates can really step in, I think, and help. Right, absolutely. And you can feel free to contact any of us at Twitter or emails or you can shoot me at Twitter and I'll put you in contact. If you're having trouble with Docker, I'll find somebody to help you out with Docker stuff. Yeah, that's usually half the time on my Twitter feed is like people just mentioning me or then I mention someone else like, oh, go to them, go to here, right? Yeah. Someone else. All right, well, let's start it off. We're going to break down some of the latest news and things happening in the world of mobile um, development. And Matt, you want to start off with something really cool that we did a week or so ago? Absolutely, James. We did a Twitch workshop with Jeff Fritz, and it lasted, what was that, six, seven hours? Six, seven, eight hours, something eight like hours. that. Eight hours. And yeah. what you did is that you broke down, you did a Monkey Finder app, and you took it from file new all the way up to... Really, a working MVVM app. It was full-featured. You had your rounded corner image in there. You had full MVVM. It was it was really something else when I picked it up and started doing putting the cloud into it as well. And uh, the thing that I really found out about it, James, is that you went for six hours straight. <laughs> um, you said that you were going to give me a text when I should start in, and I was waiting all morning for that text, and it, <laughs> it never came until early afternoon. So how do you do it? Have the stamina. I don't know. I, at the end of it, I was, I was like, I was like hunched over all afternoon, kind of walking around the apartment. Like I can barely move because I was coding, standing up and, and going for it. And it was a fun experience. This is the first Twitch workshop that I had done uh, and been part of it. You've been part of anything sort of like this? I've never been a part of anything like this. No. Yeah. I've done in-person workshops before. Uh, they're a little bit different, like at conferences or we did Xamarin Dev Days. Right. But those are you know, more breaks. They're more structured. Right. Uh, this was yeah file new up to a working application through in Xamarin Essentials. We did geolocation, connectivity, a few other things like that too. Made it you know full navigation like you were mm -hmm. saying with full MVVM across the way. And the the interesting part about Twitch, unlike other workshops, is when you're doing a workshop, you do get questions along the way, um, but with Twitch, it's like real time. Like people can type at any time. Right. Yeah. Yep. And they want to know. And that's the great part about it is, is it's fun. And we had Jeff Fritz. So if you don't follow him, you can also follow him. He, he Twitch streams like almost every day. Seems like every day that he's on. <laughs> yeah, every day. It's almost too early for me because I think he starts at 7 a.m. Pacific because he's on the East Coast. He's on the East Coast. Yeah. So uh, he does Twitch stream all sorts of different things. But he does these workshops. And 
we had like 200 some odd people on this workshop and he got to kind of moderate, ask questions, moderate the chat. And that was super helpful. Yeah, he's great on Twitch. I mean, this is my first real Twitch experience and he guided me through it like a true professional that he is. And um, it was perfect. So what I did is I took up your Xamarin application and I added essentially the cloud to it. I added a little bit of functions, Azure serverless functions to it, added Cosmos DB to it. And um, we took the monkeys that you had that we could find, we put them into the cloud database, which is Cosmos DB, and we brought them down with some serverless functions. And then we put some, as Donovan Brown would say, we rubbed some DevOps up on it and put it up in App Center for deployment, Yeah, which was fun. Yeah, it was really nice. So it was not only just, hey, building your first app, it was fully build your first app, cloud connect it, and deploy it through a full CI, CD pipeline to your device. Right. We... Through one day, through those eight hours, we built a fully functioning app. Yeah. And what's really cool is that you can do it yourself. Uh, it's on my GitHub, but what we'll do is we'll link to the Twitch video um, um, and also to the GitHub repository. So it's on mine. It's my monkey app workshop. And I think you did a pull request to it. So all of your code is there, correct? Yep. It'll be in your, it's in the PR. So we'll have it up. I updated the readme. So it should all be there once we get everything set up, but it'll be oh. there by the time the show I did it it's right now. There. I did it live. It's happening did it live, live right here. We're accepting pull requests as we record. I, I, I when I wrote, so I wrote, so you follow through this whole thing, right? And, and it, it's thousands of, I, I sat down and it's like thousands upon thousands of lines of, of, of text, but it, it's easy to walk through and there's code snippets, but it's really fun to watch the video. And a lot of people that watch the video afterwards, I was like, oh, wow, that was really great. It felt like I was part of it. Yeah, it was amazing. And the best part about it, at least for the Azure portion, is that we're working off of the free tier. Hmm. So you don't have to sign or pay anything to get started. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I did everything with Visual Studio Community Edition. Right. So everything that we did, you can do for free, start building applications. And that's a good sample of boilerplate too, because it's like, oh, it's already here. Just like go take it and run with it. Right. Yeah. Make it your own. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit more uh, news of things happening in the product. Um, some really great updates of Visual Studio 15.9 uh, came out recently, uh, which is Visual Studio 2017 version 15.9 and Visual Studio for Mac 7.7 were released. And with this came a whole bunch of different improvements and optimizations. But the one I want to focus on is Android build time, performance, and reliability. There's been a big theme over the entire year. Our Android team and Visual Studio teams have been working really, really hard. Uh, and some of the biggest things that they fixed with this release is they took a step back and spent a lot of sprints and a lot of time working on the inevitable thing, issue that you run into, which has been an OBJ folder issues. I don't know. <laughs> we always run into this. It's yep. a running joke. Always going in and deleting them before you build again. Yeah. yeah. The, the joke, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm having problems with my internet or this, that. Let's restart it, right? No, the, the running joke for Xamarin for reference, oh, just delete the bin and obj folder. Like, no big deal, right? Like, you just just do that. Um, so they, they took a step back and they did tons of optimizations to figure out, like, why this was happening, what was going on. And they think they've figured out all the issues. They really think that it's over. It's over, Matt. It's done. James, that's amazing. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I hope it does. We'll see. Um, I'm pretty excited for it. Now, with that though, they there's a few ups and downs to it. So some of the downs are that with these optimizations, it may take a tiny bit more time to build your application, like the first time, like the iterative build pass. Like it, so, it adds a little bit, 
and we're talking pretty negligible to be honest with you the initial build times are anywhere between like maybe like three percent longer that's not bad not bad however the best part is that even though there's a little bit more time that gets added for this they've done tons of optimizations through the product to actually reduce build times for the first build and iterative builds which means that even though this bin and obj issue added a little bit of time you probably won't notice it because they've removed so much time from all the other things so for instance they spent tons of time working on these incremental changes and deployment changes. So you're gonna see not only initial build, incremental improvements, but also just deployment times. And these are gonna reduce your time anywhere between 10% all the way up to 50% of time. So some of the improvements that we saw, you know, saw like a simple XAML change go from 10 seconds to redeploy all the way down to five seconds. Wow. Which is pretty great. And some of the bigger changes that you'll see, like there are some substantial changes that, hey, it's like, oh man, this thing took, you know, used to take a minute to build. Now it's taking, you know, 30 seconds to build. That's great. Because a lot of times when I'm developing, the biggest frustration that you have is the build times. Mm -hmm. And it's what's taking so long to do. So if you can go from one minute down to 30 seconds, that makes me happy. Yeah. And there's, there's all sorts of great breakdowns. This is just the start. You know, they've made tons of improvements through, but as we go into some of the next versions of Visual Studio, uh, next versions of Xamarin Android, they'll continue to do more. That's great. Yeah. Now, not only are there just great improvements for Android, that, that is against all Android applications, whether it's Xamarin Android or a Xamarin Forms application. But for Xamarin Forms, it's been a long time since Pierce and I uh, were talking about Xamarin Forms, did the podcast. The last version we talked about was 3.1. And since then, there's been three new versions of Xamarin Forms. 3.2, 3.3, and 3.4. Yes. Right. And David Ortnow, our PM for Xamarin Forms, loves to call these the little things that make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. But they're, I really, I don't even find them little things. I think these are the big things. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of them is the title view that goes up on top, like in your navigation bar. Now, before you just put text up there, it just said James's great app <laughs> or the monkey finder. Now you can put any content at all, yes. any content. What would you put in there, James? What would be your favorite thing to put in there first well you know i think we get a lot of questions or i had a blog on my old, old personal blog which i updated for this which was putting an image in there centering an image slapping it in there because a lot of newer applications want to have like their logo their branding so that's usually what they have or you might want to have a search text view or something like that so there's a lot of different use cases for mm -hmm. something custom and they implemented it great yeah i would definitely think images are the first thing that i would yeah. put in there for sure the next thing is label improvements, and there's a lot of new things for labels. You can put spans in there, and what the spans going to do is going to allow you to do a couple different things, such as gesturing. You can put a binding in there, and also decorations, such as underlying or strike throughs, or even a hyperlink to it. Then that's that's neat. Another one, button padding, mm. and we can add some spacing around a button. People love that. I don't know why we had margin forever, right? But now we need padding inside. So mm -hmm. sure, go for that's, it. Hey, why not? Um, editor improvements as well. Placeholder color. Now, when you want to indicate the purpose of a editor, you can change the color of the placeholder. Mm. That's pretty neat. Maximum lines that you want to have your editor to be. And this one is actually really useful for me. A lot of the apps I write is on auto grow to keep it going longer as you type into it. That's, that's awesome. Another one I want to talk about is the web view on iOS is that it now uses... WebKit WebView, 
which is our WK WebView, and it's the newer version of the WebView. The older version was the UI WebView. We're using the latest and greatest now. Yeah. Which is great. Um, image button. It's new, new control. It's a new control. Yay. Support. Well, image button does what? Images. Images. Or button. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we know that buttons could have an image before. Right. But it was kind of right in line with the text. It was tiny. It's not good. Yeah. Now it's a full-on image that is your button. Supports commanding. Awesome. Yeah. It's basically, you know, <laughs> before what you would do to to create your own, which put an image and then add a gesture on put, it. Yeah. Gesture recognizers on it. But I think this will be nice because it'll still have, based on how they implement it, it'll probably still have some of the nice animations or graphics or like Ripple or whatever on Android. So that'll be kind of nice. Right. Yeah. I saw a blog post where you can do um, Visual State Manager mm. on it and have like a click state and a, and a normal state and have it go bigger go smaller and i love i love the animations like that and even if you're making something custom i know a lot of people are you know making different um different like checkboxes or different states where they're kind of making their own segmented control you can now just do it with images and that'd be right. super nice yeah exactly and tap stop tab index or tabbing around on your on your app and another one a favorite on platform on idiom extensions oh these are beautiful have you used these at all yet James, yes. Oh, my God. They're so good. So <laughs> maybe talk about what you used to have to do. It's going to be hard to talk about in in, in podcast form, but p- past versus new. So in the past, it is hard <laughs> to talk about in a – can we whiteboard it here, James? Yeah, can we just we whiteboard it. <laughs> go to a quick video podcast. So before what we – what you had to do is for the on-platform um, is you had – James, I'm using my hands here. I'm trying to draw it out with yeah. my hands, right? Yeah. Is um, you had to do the <laughs> brackets with the on platform and say, all right, for iOS, we're going to do this. And for Android, we're doing that. And for the new version, we are going to do it in line. Do it in line. Yeah. So yeah. before you would have like like 10 lines, like f- five lines of code, right? And it's like, you know, yeah. pretty verbose. And a lot of people's issues with XAMLs as too verbose. So someone was like what if we just do it in line so instead of just doing everything on new lines with new basically elements right use this kind of markup language that we know for binding so we would do a curly brace binding whatever so now we can do curly brace on platform or on idiom and say ios equals 60 comma ios or android equals 100 for let's say the height or something and it just works right it's magic yeah. Less lines. Less lines. And one of the other things that I really like about these is not something that's in the box, but something that's super important, which is image performance and uh, optimizations for Android. Uh, there's a library for Android that almost every single Android developer uses called Glide. Um, and uh, what that does, it downloads images, caches images, fades in images, and does a whole bunch of nice things. The nice thing is that we've made some basically kind of links into Xamarin forms to work better for image extension libraries. And the one that Jonathan Pepper, who works on our Android team built is called glide X. So glide is like this huge library. What he did is he stripped out all the things that aren't important and made glide X, which is a very small lightweight library for Xamarin Android and Xamarin forms. And you just simply initialize it and it'll override all of the image controls and it will basically super optimize your application. So all of your images 
are smaller, optimized, compressed, so you don't have to worry about anything. I have this great application where the app crashes because it'll run on a memory, you know, mm-hmm. not just because Xamarin Forms like doesn't handle it well, it just handles it out of the box, like the same if you were to try to write your own Android code. Right. That's why Glide exists. That's why even Google is like, just use Glide. Like, mm-hmm. don't use our stuff. Like, <laughs> it's terrible. So Glide X does it and now it's just like super butter smooth. That's it's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. I love the fact that stripped out all the unnecessary stuff and it's just leaving in what's important. Yeah. So it doesn't add a lot of overhead to your app and boom, good to go. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some cloud news and some DevOps news um, yeah. happening in the world. It's again, been a while. And since the last time Pierce and I did the podcast, there's been a lot of changes in the world of DevOps. And the biggest thing one is Azure DevOps, mm-hmm. which is the old VSTS, so Visual Studio Team Services, is now Azure DevOps. So it's no longer, you know, but when I think of, when I always thought about Visual Studio Team Services, is it always made it sound like you had to use Visual Studio, but that wasn't the right. case. And Azure is a very open cloud. So what Azure DevOps is, you can think of it as everything that you need to go from file new to a full-baked CI, CD pipeline, unit testing, source code. It gives you everything that you need. Okay. Um, and inside of, of Azure DevOps are a bunch of services. So you can think of Azure DevOps, DevOps as these services that you can use for your app. Um, and you can use one of them or none of them. So there's Azure boards, which are like Kanban boards. Okay. So project management. Project management. So you can do, you know, planning, tracking, you know, bug tracking, feature tracking, all that stuff, all that stuff. You have Azure repos. Source control. Source control. You get unlimited free private repos. Wow. Which is cool. And of course, you could do pull requests, you know, be of an editor online, all that stuff. Okay. And then with that, again, these are separate things. You also have Azure pipelines. Oh, what's that? So pipelines give you a full CI and CD, continuous integration and continuous deployment. So what's nice about Azure pipelines and why Azure repos are separate is that you can point it at any source code. Okay. Hmm, okay. So when you set up a CI pipeline, we'll give you the entire infrastructure to to use hosted Windows machines, Linux machines, or Mac machines to build your source code on. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty cool. And what you can do is then you can connect to GitHub, to Azure repos, to Bitbucket, to your own Git provider or TF uh, VC if you're using Team Foundation version control. You can point it at it be good to go what's nice and then we'll set up any of the things that you need to do so there's all these tasks you can build you can sign mobile applications ios applications anything that you need and they're all task-based so you say like, i need to do this i need to do this and you can run any command at all on it and it just works that's sweet yeah i love the fact that we're not limited to just using team foundation version control yeah we can use github we can use bitbucket yep and you can make individual tasks yeah work there so you can kind of I guess, mix and match to your exact needs. Yeah, and I have my own tasks too for like mobile stuff that like bump different versions and a bunch of things that I wanted. You can just add those in because there's a huge extension marketplace too that you can use. Uh, A few other things, there's test plans, which is for like manual and exploratory testing and then Azure Artifacts, which enables you to kind of create and host your own packages and distribute them internally from your pipelines. If you're doing like NPM or NuGet, you can just do your own. Now, what's cool here is that there's tons of free stuff, and that's why I wanted to kind of talk about it. So maybe people had explored VSTS in the past. Well, the nice thing now is that 
not only does Azure DevOps have this big rebranding, but they also have public projects. So previously everything was private. So if you're doing open source work, it was kind of a pain in the butt because people couldn't see the build output, for instance, or other parts that are super important right. for people to see. So now you can mark your projects as public. So you can just give that link out. You could always invite people to private private ones. But you can have your own open one. If you're doing open source work, you get unlimited minutes of CI and CD and Azure pipelines and 10 parallel jobs. So 10 builds running at the same time. Wow. That's crazy. I just gave James the raised eyebrow look and didn't even say, wow. Yeah, Yeah, pretty good. Uh, You get Azure boards for free. So you can do all your item tracking and you also get unlimited Git repos. That's all for free. For small teams, for free, up to five users, uh, you can get your own uh, hosted job pipeline. You get one at a time, up to 1,800 minutes per month for free. You can also get your own self-hosted because you can install everything locally on your own machines. You get Azure boards for free, unlimited repos, and Azure artifacts for free. And then if you're beyond that, there's also additional pricing that you can do starting at $30 a month to go from there, which is super cool. So if you need to go and get that started, just go to the Azure DevOps link uh, in the show notes below. Cool. That's awesome. So one of the things I wanted to talk about cloud news is... As you probably know, James, authentication is near and dear to my heart. Yeah, you love it. I love it. I talk about it all the time. Nobody loves it more. <laughs> I bore everybody around me by talking about <laughs> it so much. Mm-hmm. And not it boring. It's it's awesome. And one of the things that's just released by the identity teams is called MCEL, Microsoft Authentication Library, 2.0. 2.0. That must be 2.0. one better than before. That is one whole one whole better. And there's a couple of neat things in here for Xamarin developers. The first thing I want to talk about is SSO support for both Xamarin iOS and Android. What's that mean? SSO. What's SSO that? single sign-on. Mm. And so what this is going to mean is that if you have more than one app that you wrote on, on the device, on your phone, and you sign in with, let's say, Twitter, because you're using Azure B2C, which is business to consumer, and you can use Twitter or GitHub or Facebook sign-in. So you signed in the app. A, you don't have to sign in the app B. You're already single sign on to it. Oh, intriguing. So like our office products, Mm -hmm. for instance, probably have single sign on. So does that have to do with your some token thing? Right, exactly, a cash token. Mm, Very cool. So it'll just reuse it between all the apps. Right. Bananas. So all the apps that you've written, you can just have people sign in once and Mm. have like one backing active directory. Very cool. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Another thing that they put into this new version is that previously that we're using system web views. Mm. And what what a system web view is, it it comes up and you see the URL on top where it's redirecting you to. And the new one is embedded web views. Mm. So an embedded web view is you don't have to have the entire page taken over by a web browser, essentially. Um, And where that helps out a lot is with Android, because Android before was using custom tabs. With an embedded web view, you don't have to because a lot of Android devices don't support Chrome or custom tabs with it mm. or don't ship with it, I should say. Yeah. So, That's which is neat. Nice. And then you can actually style it into your app a little bit better without having the whole web browser take over, but you still get the same security support without having to take in the username and password yourself. Oh, very nice. That's super nice. I actually recently updated from MCL 1.0 to 2.0. It's pretty pretty simple transition wasn't too bad yeah there are some breaking changes that's the major update but it's not a it's not bad yeah it's not bad 
Yeah. So th- there are blog posts out there, and we'll put them in the show notes on on the updating process. And if anyone is new to MSAT, what all does it support out of the box? Not only does it support Xamarin iOS and and Xamarin Android, it also supports regular .NET. Mm-hmm. 2.0 doesn't support WinFoam 8 anymore, James. Oh, okay. So that's gone. That's gone. And then you said I could use Azure B to C. B to C. You can also use Azure AD. Okay. And one thing that's really cool is that ADAL, the old library, is being merged in with MCell. Oh, okay, got it. So if you're going to be writing a new app, use MCell. Okay, got it. And this one also, if you're just doing like want to use Microsoft login, they would also support that. Right. Oh, cool. So you have kind of like those three different tiers. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. What else is new in the world of cloud news? What else is new in the world? Well, with Connect just happened, Azure Cosmos DB, our serverless cloud database, mm-hmm. which supports a bunch of different NoSQLs, whether you want to use Mongo or, or uh, Document DB, which is called now the SQL interface, has a new pricing tier. Roughly 400, what they call RUs, will translate into roughly about 25 bucks a month to get started with, which wow. is pretty obtainable for for more people. And that's awesome because Cosmos was obviously priced a little bit higher. And now with the $25 a month level, that brings it down more into the individual developer, independent developer level, which is great. Yeah, it's great. And you also get unlimited collections with that for $25 a month. So it's pretty huge. Uh, so me, I've spun up a lot of Cosmos DBs, uh, especially during demos up and down. And we have an ongoing app that we pay a lot of money for. I yes, think. we do. <laughs> it's not tons of data that we use, but it, we've geo replicated it every like all the time. But that's the one cool th- part about Cosmos DB is that it's easy to geo replicate with a few button clicks. Right. Yeah. So we have over here in West US, we'll have a replication area. We can easily replicate that in East US, and it's just about instant. We'll have all our data there. If we want to go over to Europe or Japan or really anywhere around the world, it's instant where the data goes. So at $25 a month and high service level, level agreements, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's really, really good. And the 400 is what I've been using for a long time. And $25 a month is a great kind of starting point because it also falls into your free Azure credits too. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, all right. Well, you did mention Connect. Connect is our fall developer event. A lot of things happening there. We usually do new releases, but we figured we'd, Skip that because we talked a little bit about 15.9 and there's a lot of new previews and some things GA coming out for the world of mobile developers. And the first thing, Matt, is Xamarin Forms 4.0 Preview 1. Wow. We talked about Xamarin Forms 3.2, 3.4, and 3.5. And we didn't talk about 3.5 yet. No, no 3.5. And 4.0. And 4.0, right? Preview 1. Preview 1. So what's coming with that is this cool thing called Shell. Mm-hmm. And what Shell is that it gives you some basic UI features. So let's say you wanted to create an app and you want to have flyout navigation or bottom tabs. So you use Shell to do that, and it gives it that to you right out of the box. You don't have to worry about creating that by hand. And so really, you just have to worry about concentrating on your core logic. Yeah, you, you focus on the pages, not the architecture of the navigation, right? That's not, kind of the core Not concept. the Shell. Not, not the con- Shell. So the Shell takes care of the Shell for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here, another cool thing that I love about this, it has a new navigation approach, which you can do URI-based routing. Super cool. So each shell element, you give it a URI, and you just say, all right, I want to show this new page. Pass it its URI, and shell takes care of showing it for you. Yeah, I want to start integrating that some of my apps just to see kind of how it how it works, because 
often a lot of my applications aren't too crazy complex. I'm just doing a few navigation here and there. And the flyout navigation can kind of be a pain in the butt. So it'd be nice just to see remove some code. And, and I played around with the spec a little bit and helped uh, the team out a little bit, kind of look at it early on. And I was pr- pretty, pretty happy with it. So I'm excited to get my hands on it. And that's another cool thing about Shell. It's on GitHub. It's being discussed. Mm-hmm. It's Xamarin Forms is open source, so you can just follow along and take part in the discussion. Yeah, that's a good point. Another thing that uh, is in 4.0, Preview 1, is Visual. And what Visual does is gives your apps a consistent look across the operating system. So Android Material, I'm an iOS person, but I'll give it to you, James. You're an Android guy. Android Material, it looks better than iOS. I do like a lot. And so let's say you wanted to have your iOS apps look like Android, which I can't blame anybody right now. There's a new property on there called visual. You can just say visual equals material, and it's going to do its best to make your iOS app look like a material app. Yeah, very cool. I mean, they're going to first start off with button entry frame and progress bar and then kind of move on from there. But the single property, you can kind of move around and just gives things a more consistent look. And I think a lot of apps, you know, try to go for that consistent look in general. And it's pretty easy to do with Xamarin Forms even without this stuff. But if you're just like, oh, I want a lot more done for me automatically, Mm -hmm. this is where it's going to help. Right. Yeah. Next thing I want to talk about is this collection view. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you forget all about the list view, James. I don't know about that. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and say, what's a list view? What is a list view? I totally forgot. Matt, what's a list view? I totally forgot it. (laughs) And so what the collection view does, it gives you more and better layout options. Like it's going to integrate, it's going to use the UI collection view in like iOS or mm-hmm. the recycled view in Android. Um, it's set up better to use MVVM and it flows right into the next thing, the carousel view. It's mm-hmm. better suited for the carousel views who can swipe left to right. It's something that we've been waiting for for a long time in Xamarin Forms and the team has worked super hard to get it right and it, it looks pretty slick. Yeah, this looks really great and, and we'll have a blog post highlighting all these different features that you can you can try out and i know for me we've had the flex layout which allows you to wrap different things but if you need to put things in a list it's still not as easy like that's nice for laying out different controls it's a layout it's not a view right i want to go in and i want to plop them all down so i'm kind of glad they're adding more and more you know and i will say i don't know if you've noticed because i've been twitch streaming on fridays i've been slowly working on my pull request for a checkbox so I have noticed I was in your Twitch stream. Yeah. I try not to troll you. I want to troll you when you're in it, but I'm going to be nice, James. Can yeah. Be nice. It's happening. It's, it's totally there. Cause they were like, we're, we will, they, they basically said like, we will approve it if we allow. So I know that I already have Android and UWP done and I'll be working on iOS next. Cause that one doesn't exist. So that'll be fun to draw. Um, but I might have Frank help me out on that one. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. Yeah. That Twitch stream that you did was amazing because that was right after our Twitch that we did with Jeff Fritz, our workshop. Oh, yeah. So you did six hours. You took like an hour break, and then you were back on. Back on for four more hours, yeah. <laughs> so go, go, go. <laughs> go, go, go. Always be Twitch streaming. Uh, there we go. Yeah, so Xamarin Forms 4.0 Preview 1. You can get that today. Give it a try. But also, um, I've been working as a PM of one of my favorite libraries that we've ever created called Xamarin Essentials. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast many a times as I've been in preview uh, since build. But we have gone GA. GA. Yeah, general availability. It's out there. It's out there. It means it's real. 1.0. Did 
did it. So the Xamarin Essentials is pretty great because its entire goal in existence is to abstract away as much platform specific code from you as possible. Anything that's not user interface. So Xamarin Forms for the user interface. Xamarin Essentials is for those platform APIs. So things such as you know SMS, geolocation, connectivity, opening up the browser, um, doing a launcher to launch into different applications, uh, email support. You know anything that's kind of is opening other applications or getting access to things like text-to-speech, you know, battery information, power consumption information, things like that. Those are all built in with a simple cross-platform API that works on iOS, Android, or UWP applications. Uh, and we've had amazing feedback on, on Xamarin Essentials. So I thank everyone for giving it a try in this preview form. And now that it's in 1.0, you can go get it. Give us more try. Everything's open source. You can add for more, ask for more features. We have a big theme around uh, images next. That's our, our next big one. It'll be images. Everyone wants photos and things like that. So that's our next theme beyond 1.0. But uh, 1.0 is out there today. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm really excited for this. It's getting into the platforms is always difficult because it's implemented two different ways. Yeah. Always two different ways. And, well, put in UWP, and we got three different ways. Yeah. And, in fact, so, you know, we, we looked at that Twitch stream when you watch it. It's, it's great. I mean, we wrote. We only, I said, we're only going to write code in the .NET standard library. And we only wrote code in the .NET standard library. Like that was it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of developers I speak to is just, I want to write as much code and shared as possible. Like, let me do that. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Let's do it. So one of the biggest things coming out of Connect though, and we won't talk too, too much about it, but some of the cool features just for mobile developers is there's a new version of Visual Studio, Matt. Let me guess. Connect 2018, so this is Visual Studio 2018, second half of the year, November release, right? <laughs> exactly, November <laughs> November update. Um, no, so this is going to be Visual Studio 2019 Preview 1. So 2019, oh. which means it'll come out next year at some point. But uh, this is the big one. We've talked about it a little bit already. Uh, we have a, a roadmap out there, uh, but it is available as preview one. I have it installed on my machine. Literally, well, I have an internal preview, but <laughs> I have it installed on my machine. You can get your hands on it, and it's going to be a pretty big UI UX change. It might be pretty big. I mean, not like world changing, but some nice updates here. There's a new uh, kind of, they call it like a purple theme. That's the default. It replaces the blue theme. But this is nice. It's not too crazy in your face. It looks like Visual Studio. It feels like Visual Studio. What they did, though, is they they gave us tons more room. When you open Visual Studio, it feels like you just have so much more room because they pushed everything up where blank space used to live. So now file, edit, remove is, is a lot more similar to other products that you would expect, giving you more room um, in the bar. Built right into it now is live share, so it's no longer an extension. It's built right in. One of my favorite features coming from 2017. Live share is awesome. Yeah, it enables you to easily just share a coding session. Right. And you can be on Mac, Windows, VS Code, VS 2019, 2017, and just easily type together and code together. You're pair programming across the world. Yeah, we did it on the Twitch team too, which is super cool. Uh, and that was super fun. And they have a new kind of new project dialogue, which is super great on the Xamarin side of things. We now have IntelliCode for XAML. For XAML? Yeah, for XAML, which is pretty bananas. Uh, IntelliCode is great because it gives you code recommendations based off you know machine learning as you're typing. 
And what's great here is that they've added support for XAML. So it'll start recommending properties and controls based on what you're doing. That's amazing. So it recommends what it thinks you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So common properties, common things. So ideally, as you start coding, you should start to see your common properties bubble up to the top with little stars in the IntelliSense. Wow. So I wonder what happens if we just let it create an app for us. Yeah, eventually we'll get there. Right. It'll just go. Uh, go, go, go. Now, also, there's going to be some other great um, new improvements for the Android build times. We talked about them a little bit. However, there's going to be some new things coming out, which in this release and coming out in some new previews for, for 2017 using AAPT2, D8, and R8. These are all things that are very low level, but these are things that are going to make our builds faster over time. So just be kind of on the lookout for that. There's also a new property editor for Xamarin Forms. So you can kind of use that alongside this new XAML stuff. So you can start tapping on elements and, and typing it and seeing it there. So pretty excited to see that. It's a great, I've, I've played around with the two and it's, these are great improvements. And it's going to be, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. There's just a lot of fun to work with the new stuff. And this is just preview one. So this is not like all of the new features. So how right. this kind of works is going to be a bunch of different previews. Features are going to land at different points. You can run them side by side. I literally have three different versions of Visual Studio installed on my Windows machine. So three. Three. 20, 2017, 2017 preview, and 2019. So all of them. All of them. And your machine is still up and running, and there's no problem with it. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, including the October updates. I finally got that too. That was updating today. So it's good and it's there and you can get it and give it a try. They can live side by side and, and everything that, that you can uh, hope for and imagine will be there and there'll be more coming. So like I said, there'll be more improvements that we'll keep continue to blog and talk about on the podcast. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, now it's kind of our pick of the podcast. Pick of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'll start it off. So usually we pick a package or tool or just something happening that we think is really cool that maybe doesn't fall into our normal category. So my pick is a cool blog post that came out a, a little bit ago, but a tool that I've wanted to use for a long time, which is called Zeppelin. Have you ever used Zeppelin? I've heard of it, but I've never used it. So let me first talk about what Zeppelin is. So Zeppelin allows you to kind of collaboratively work on different apps or websites. So you think of it as an online sort of sketching tool in a way where you can work with designers, you get drag and drop controls. It's like an online everything. And what's great here is that it was normally built for like CSS and, 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 and web and things like that but they've really expanded to mobile. So they have great support for iOS and Android built in, and you can export code snippets for, for React Native or Android development because it's kind of web-based. But I'm a Xamarin developer, so if I'm building Xamarin Forms apps, I may want to go into Zeppelin, sort of, sort of design my application there. My designer may go in, but instead of me having to figure out all the different properties, all the colors that they use, you can get an extension for Zeppelin that allows you to export Xamarin Forms XAML styles or XAML CSS. So Xamarin Forms CSS from Zeppelin. So they support even the new CSS. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. It's really cool. So you just go in, you tap what you want, boom, export it, and you get everything that you want. So it's really nice if you're already using Zeppelin just to be aware of this or, hey, I'm looking for a design tool. Like, you know, not a designer, but a design tool to help me design and work collaboratively on my design as I iterate before building it into my app. But I'm guessing you work with a designer then. 
yeah. collaborate with Zeppelin, I mean, then yeah. you're three steps ahead of the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's what, you know, some people like to do that. And you can get started for free. There's a free tier for a free project. So no reason not to give it a try, at least just to see if it's something that may work for you. That sounds like a great, yeah. great tool. Yeah. How about you, Matt? So uh, we have a tour coming up called Microsoft Ignite The Tour. The Tour. The Tour. Several stops around the world. And what this is going to be, it's a cloud-based tour. We're going to talk a lot about the cloud, a lot about Azure. And one of the tools that I've been using, and it's not a brand new tool, this thing has been out forever, is the Azure CLI or the command line interface. Mm. I am a GUI person. I like to point and click. Yeah. Ever since VP6 and WinForms, I've been pointing and clicking forever. I've started to get into the CLI, James, and I love it. Oh, yeah. Love it. I can have my terminal window open, black and green text all over the place. I look like a super cool kid now. <laughs> and it, it works. It, it's so much, it's it's quick once you learn the commands. And I feel way productive. I can write a bunch of scripts, have everything scripted out. And I, it's faster than pointing and clicking. Nice. So just been I've been all about that Azure CLI. Azure CLI. We'll put some links into the show notes for both Zeppelin and the Azure CLI, which is pretty rad. Uh, yeah, AZ login. Like it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this. The first rebooted episode of the Visual Studio Mobile Developers Podcast. Well, that's a brand new name. I'll get used to it eventually. There we go. Um, you can, of course, find us. I am at James Montemagno on Twitter. How about you, Matt? I'm at CodeMillMatt. Um, and that's it. So until next time, which I think we're going to be doing, what, monthly podcast? We're going to do it monthly, yeah. Yeah, so you check us out monthly. Um, now that Matt has moved to Seattle, I've convinced him to record monthly. So we're totally going to happen. We promise. Absolutely. Yeah. It's his job. It's so. my job. I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a book time on my schedule. And you know, I will until next time. Have a great, great week. Oh.